Is there suddenly a Jets running back controversy? Why isn't the Devontae Parker train picking up more speed? And who would you rather draft, Tyler Eifert or Delaney Walker? Plus, 2017 Pros versus Joe's competitor and $30,000 career winner Dan Thomas drops by to talk about his six Football Guys titles in 2016 and what trends he's noticed already in FPC drafts this summer. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent So I just deep up, still coming up for lunch So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learned that. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Thank you, Rob, so much, and greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak, a.k.a. The Dizzle. Coming up on tonight's show, what do you make of the perceived Seattle running back workload split? Can Todd Gurley redeem himself in 2017 and pros versus Joe's drafter and $30,000 winner in the FFPC? Dan Thomas shares his thoughts on zero RB, his pros versus Joe's strategy this season, and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Post any questions you all might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at Power. I am at Eric Balkman, and Dave is at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Hour. If you want to give us a buzz, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. And, of course, our show email inbox is highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce are checking that email box, also checking the Twitter feed to make sure that all your tweets, emails, and more are answered in the fantasy feedback segment uh, later on in the show. We'll get to it. I shouldn't say they're all going to be answered because we do get emails from time to time that we don't have time for on the show because sometimes Dave and I like to get into – Arguments over Laquan Treadwell and other uh, different uh, things that we differ on. And uh, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, tonight might be one of those nights, Dave. We don't know what we're going to get into tonight. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm in the mood to argue. Let's, this, go, let's go. This is your last show. Ever. No, not ever. But this is your last no. show of June. You'll yeah. be off the next two weeks. So if you want to get into some, you know, fist-flying arguments, you've got to get your money's worth tonight, man. Yeah, fisticuffs. Fisticuffs. No ever uses that word. I, I don't know what it means. I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know the origin of the word. Like, fisticuffs. What does that mean? Like, like you're punching another guy's cuffs? Getting to fight. Fist to cuffs? Yeah, or fist to like, cuffs? Fisticuffs is one word. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it means. You shouldn't. You know what it means. I mean, I know what it... I, I guess I don't know the etymology of it. Like, how that developed. That's my problem with it. You, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, how did, how did they come up with that word? Fisticuffs. 
you don't know. Don't tell me you know because you don't. I, I don't care. I, I, if I know what the word means, I don't need to know the root. I mean, this isn't a spelling bee. No, I'm not trying to spell it because clearly I can't is the, is the point. From Latin? Is it? No, I don't know. The Football Guys Players Championship is off and running, ladies and gentlemen. Remember to uh, register for those leagues uh, that are going off daily. We have uh, some spots open in the 1130 draft tonight, Dave, I believe. Is that correct? Or is it an 11 o'clock? Uh, it's an 1130. It's an 1130. We have 11 spots left. All right. So join whoever has joined up with that. That's starting shortly. It's not going to fill. Don't worry. Well, you never know. Uh, register your rooms at Planet Hollywood. Uh, remember the great discounts that our uh, friend Greg Sidoris uh, has uh, hooked up with the FFPC at Planet Hollywood this year. Uh, you'll, you won't find better discounted uh, rates uh, on the strip uh, at Planet Hollywood then, unless you're some sort of, you know, insane, like, you know, Jay-Z type baller uh, that basically gets comped no matter where he stays. Uh, we don't have those kind of, of rates, but we do have some great rates. Did you say that our own Aunt Jemima, we sent him out there. Yeah, Aunt Jemima is out there right now. Yeah, we sent him. He's, at the show sent him to scout it out. Yeah. Hollywood. He's our field reporter tonight. He said to get, make sure you get the ultra-hip fountain view room because they're newly remodeled okay they have a fridge yeah they're not preloaded of course so you can bring, you bring your own yep yeah. so he's he's taking a break and he's going to go out and uh paint the casino paint he said it's very hot out there right now his fridge is packed with water remember to hydrate when you're out there too always that's, very important that's, that's so true live high stakes leagues will be taking place at the planet hollywood resort and casino in september remember to sign up for those at myffpc.com dynasty startups Draft experts, classics, super flexes, drafts, and more will be going on this weekend. I plan on commissioning a boatload of drafts. I uh, hope to see you in the draft rooms uh, this weekend. So hopefully you can uh, yeah, register for a few drafts and uh, draft some dominant squads this weekend. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown, kicking things off. Bob Condotta from the Seattle Times uh, writes that he thinks the Seahawks could give Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls an equal share of the first and second down carries in 2017 uh, health and productivity will probably be the primary factors in uh, who's getting the ball between Eddie Lacy and uh, Thomas Rawls. Now Eddie Lacy was paid like a starting running back uh, this off season as he moves from green Bay to Seattle. If he's healthy, if he's at the weight, the mid two forties weight that Seattle wants him to be playing at, he probably will be the guy uh, but Thomas Rawls is a guy who's played into that backfield the last couple of years, having a significant role. And don't sleep on C.J. Proceis. And I shouldn't even say don't sleep on C.J. Proceis because it seems like that's the guy everybody, all the high-stakes guys are talking about anyway. Not just high-stakes guys. Anybody in the industry mm-hmm. seems like they're all about Proceis this year. Uh, we've talked about this before, Dave. I don't know if anything's changed for you. Uh, I have noticed Rawls fall in the ADP uh, over the last two weeks. Until this piece came out, now he'll probably move up. Hey, he should move up, so he is the buy right now. Eddie Lacy, 705, CJ Proceis, 907. Rawls, the 1304 in FFPC drafts over the last two weeks. So you have to look at Rawls as the buy here in this scenario. And not that uh, I want to you know, speak ill of my buddy Eddie Lacy, but man, Thomas Rawls on the 13th looks pretty attractive to me. Yeah, if he doesn't move up too much, he's actually probably the only player that I would have a lot of interest in. I really, you know, when you, when you have three running backs, it's like you really you have none, you know, kind of. A, right. So are, are any of those, what are the chances that one of those three, bar if no one gets injured, that one of them is a top 12 back? Like zero. I would also say that there's almost a 0% chance of none of them getting injured, knowing that. Yeah, I mean, so honestly, like Lacey, Procise, and Rawls. That's at, probably true. So, but even if two of them are playing, it's, not, it's unlikely. You know, there's productivity there. I mean, it's a, it's a good offense. Offensive line is not that great, but 
I know I'm not that excited about. It. I think there's some other sleeper types you can get in those in those middle rounds like that. Knowing Procise is the pass catcher of that of that offense, and knowing that you can get him in the ninth round, does that uh, get you excited at all? Not really. I mean, here's the guys that are going around him in the ninth round, running back wise: Legarrette Blount, Duke Johnson, Jamal Charles. I think Duke Johnson is a little more interesting. I do too. And you know, honestly, Legarrette Blount is kind of interesting to me too. It could be. Um, I so I again in the ninth round. It, it's tough to go wrong. I mean, they like Procise so much that they went out and signed Eddie Lacy. I mean, you know, that's what the team thinks of him. Yeah, that's a good point. Excellent same point. Same thing with Rawls. It's like they didn't, you know, they really didn't think their running game was all that great. I mean, their offensive line was really the, the biggest issue, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Offensive line was really bad. They have made some steps to fix that this year. I don't know if they have uh, so much. But, again, none of these guys are going at a premium pick. Jeff Zarebic from the Baltimore Sun said he thinks that the Ravens are actually going to be using more three wide receiver sets this season. Uh, last year, 58% of the time they used three wide receiver sets, and that mark should go up this year. Joe Flacco was 11th in the league last year with 429 passing attempts with three or more wide receivers on the field last year. Maybe this is the obvious um, solution to the Ravens' tight end problem, losing Dennis Pitta in his 86 catches. Hey, we're just not going to put tight ends on the field. We're going to have Macklin, we're going to have Wallace, and we're going to have Perriman out there the whole time. Uh, Macklin, I thought his ADP would change a little bit, you know, since he has been acquired by the Ravens and being cut with the Chiefs. Really hasn't. Still going in the mid-ninth. Uh, Mike Wallace still in the 11th round pick. Uh, Brashad Perriman uh, going in the 12th round. So Perriman's actually moved up a little bit. I'm not too excited about Perriman. I still like Wallace in the 11th, and I could probably get on board with Macklin in the ninth round as like my fourth or fifth receiver. Yeah, so they've used Macklin in the slot. That's what we've been talking right. about. Right, yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm still on board with Wallace more than anything else. I, I just think that he's shown some production. He's in the same system. He hasn't moved from another team with, you know, like Macklin has. They talked a little bit about Macklin possibly having lost a half step or lost a step. Uh, he claimed that that was with the Chiefs. Talking, talking crap on, on the way out. Or what? Yeah, like, well, he claimed that's what the Chiefs said about him. Now, I don't know if they publicly come out and said that, but remember the guy. But he said that he hasn't, of course. Yeah, obviously. Um, Listen, uh, you could talk to uh, Jerry Rice right now, and he would say (laughs) he hasn't lost a step since 1985. Um, Jeremy Macklin, remember, um, for what it's worth, the guy who cut him is now been cut by the Chiefs as well, John Dorsey, out of a job. (laughs) So I don't, you know, know how much that played into it. Uh, but on the same day Andy Reid gets an extension, the guy who releases Jeremy Macklin is also released by the Chiefs organization. I think, you know, there's got to be more to that story. I'm surprised that nothing's come out. Heard that he was butting heads with the owner, um, potentially. Yeah. Uh, and also that, uh, uh, again, the scuttlebutt uh, was that he took too long to try to uh, get these long-term deals done with uh, Justin Houston and Eric Berry. So, you know, yeah. the thing is, these guys got to remember, you know, when you're talking to a billionaire, kiss his ass, you know, like, not that hard. You're you're the GM. Wow, you run this organization, but keep in mind you don't own it. You are you are an employee of the of the main guy of the billionaire. Be nice. You keep your job. It's not that hard. Moving on, Dave, uh, to uh, some Jets talk here. This is from NJ Advanced Media's oh, the weekly Jets. Connor talk. Hughes. Do we talk about the Jets every week? I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but Connor Hughes actually expects Matt Forte to be the Jets' workhorse this season. Now. Everything we've talked about on this show is that there is a, you know, sort of a changing of the guard guard, uh, or changing of the jet, as it were. Uh, One is grounded and one is taking off. And we thought that jet taking off would be Bilal Powell. Uh, But apparently Connor Hughes thinks Forte could be the the lead guy there. Uh, Hughes uh, does not believe Powell will overtake Forte. He expects Powell to once again be the complement 
to Matt Forte. And when you look at the ADPs again, Dave, Powell at the 702, Matt Forte at the 808. Now, knowing what you know, reading this, you, I, I'm predicting here because this is the way I feel, uh, you're still more likely to take Powell in the seventh round than Forte in the eighth. Yeah, I am actually. I just I'm, I don't I think Forte is way overaged, and Powell I think is is just a better player at this point in his career. We have to. I mean, this is again a, a slower time of uh, the season in the NFL, and we have to look at a lot of these beat writers are um, you know looking for storylines, looking for stuff stuff to write about. And now I'm not saying that this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, but an easy way to get clicks, an easy way to get reads, an easy way to get reports. Uh, or people talking about your article say, Hey, I'm going to take the contrarian view here because there's really nothing to go on Mm -hmm. um, except for my own speculation. And look, we're talking about it on a nationally syndicated (laughs) uh, high stakes fantasy football podcast. Yeah, I know. Giving this guy some props. Yeah, exactly. This is a a classic case of of needing to to read between the lines and the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. Bilal Powell, um, much younger, much less tread on the tires. He is the guy you would want over Forte, despite this report. Well, I mean, to play devil's advocate, though, I mean, Forte in the past has been a you know pedigreed awesome running back. He's had massive years, and uh, you know, so, let, so let's say he re, he gets the found of youth going. It's, there's a chance that he actually is awesome. I I just you know there's that possibility. You could say the same thing that you just said about Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson as well. Uh, you could, although Peterson has, you know, he has Ingram to contend with, who's a, you know, a running back that's in his prime. That whole acquisition is kind of inexplicable to me, I guess. But, okay, but, but well, couldn't you say that Paul is in his prime right now, too? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, he's not I as mean, pedigreed as Ingram, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it, that is a good devil's advocate. I appreciate yeah. the Dizzle playing the devil. Yeah, you know, got to give that other view a little bit. I don't actually necessarily believe in it. But. I know you don't, but we, we do need the DA on this show every so often. Bob Labriola from Steelers.com says he cannot imagine a realistic scenario in which Le'Veon Bell holds out into the season. He has not signed his franchise tender. He that weed money. Yeah. <laughs> when, when he does sign uh, his franchise tag, he'll be owed more than $12 million. That's more than six. Uh, that's $6 million more than any other running back is going to receive in base salary alone this year. Uh, even if he doesn't get the long-term deal before July 17th, which, by the way, my father's birthday and the day after Game of Thrones premieres, uh, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is uh, not probably going to leave that money on the table, as you mentioned, because you got to get that weed money. So, <laughs> totally now, not, I mean, that's a lot of money that's for, for a, a running back. a ton of cash. For a running back, and, that's a ton. And compare Why that sign the long-term nobody game? else in the NFL, no other running back in the NFL is getting $6 million in base salary right. this year. Le'Veon Bell could get twelve. Honestly, okay, so... Ah, uh, that's insane. It is. Yeah. So, okay, so here's my, my advice. I mean, so you sign the franchise tender for $12 bucks. You take out a Lloyd the London insurance policy or whatever if you tear right. your ACL. Dude, so, the NFL players do that? I thought they... They can. I mean, okay. you know, they'll write insurance for anything if you want to pay the sucky premium. But, I mean, so instead of even signing the long-term deal, just hope you don't tear your ACL. And right. if you do, you get paid off. But he's still young enough and in his prime that even if he did tear it or whatever, had yeah. this huge issue, yeah. um, he still is fine. You know, he can recover from that and he'll be okay. You know, I just don't. And, you know, so but he has had a lot of, I mean, several knee issues yes, over the last three years. Right, but not, not totally like, well, I mean, I guess. But let's say he said, you know, if he was to sign a four-year deal, you know, the last two years of those deal, two they're, years they're, are crap yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, yep. I don't know, I just don't. I think this is such a bad the thing. reason I bring it up, far be it for me to bring up contract talks in June, because again, this let's talk about it when they become real. They're not real right now. Does this 
and I don't even know how you feel about this. You told me a, a couple of months ago, so I, and I forgot. Does this give you the tiebreaker if you have the 101 pick between David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell? I mean, is, does this make Johnson the, the 101 for you? No, it's not, it does not make Johnson the 101 for this particular reason. I would have him as no the 101. Okay. I would have him as 101 anyway, okay. but uh, it's not because of this. Okay, fair enough. Uh, moving on, we do have uh, Dan Thomas coming up uh, in just a couple minutes here. Last thing I want to bring up is uh, our weekly Devontae Parker talk, and we're actually going to talk to uh, to Dan about Devontae Parker as well. But I, I thought this is interesting that the beat writer for ESPN for the Dolphins uh, James Walker, he actually projects uh, Devontae Parker having a 70 catch for 980 yard and seven touchdown season. He projects uh, Jarvis Landry 90, 11, 10, and five touchdowns. And Kenny Stills actually taking a pretty big dip in uh, in uh, stats, projected stats for this year compared to last year. Devontae Parker still going at the 709. We've had, we, the hype train has been going crazy for Devontae Parker yeah. the last yeah like two months. People, oh, Parker, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to have this massive season. And yet FFPC drafters are still not taking him until the back end of the seventh round. Why is that? Are, are they just not buying the hype? Is this not real? Does nobody believe that this Parker breakout is going to be real? Well, what has he really done in the NFL? What has not he- too much. But again, the reason that people are hyping him up is because we're hearing these glowing reports from, I mean, the team, obviously. But the beat writers are saying a lot of good stuff about him, saying that uh, he's been asking more questions on the field, trying to understand the playbook, that this guy was not dedicated. His first Listen, he was a young guy, young guy in his 20s. You were in your, in your 20s, and you probably did. at one point. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you don't, and you'd probably, in your early 20s, you probably didn't care about a lot of stuff that you should have. Yeah, you're, you're or not cared enough. You're That's right. Devontae I Parker. I was not very professional at the time. Maybe this is the year the light turns on. At least this is what we're being shoved down our throats and we read about Devontae Parker on the internets. So you look at Parker right now, only going in the seventh round. Are FFPC players being smart about this and letting him slip there? No, I mean, you know, you make good points. A lot of times you get these projected breakout guys and they're going in the fourth and fifth rounds. Uh, so it, it's not it's not bad. It's seventh, late seventh round like that. And it's, I actually give uh, Mr. Walker credit. That's a, those those projections are pretty reasonable. Seventy for nine eighty and seven touchdowns. There's nothing out of line at all with those numbers. And what would that be, Bucky? What do you think? So seven that's one seventy. What do you? So like, probably like a late you know low end WR two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. I mean, if I mean for, for seventh round. And there's I mean there's a, there's there is the chance that he totally breaks out. I mean, there's a chance he could be a top 12 receiver. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but yeah. there's a chance he has like 90 catches for 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns if he totally breaks out. I mean, he's he is a pedigree player. He's got the size. You know, it's possible. You like uh, Ryan Tannehill throwing to him uh, this year, or would you rather see the Dolphins sign Colin Kaepernick and have him uh, throw it to him? <laughs> Don't even ask that. All right, fine. We'll move on. Colin Kaepernick. All right, moving on. No, not sign no more Colin Kaepernick talk uh, for the rest of the show. That's not a promise. That's just a projection. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. We have $30,000 FFPC winner Dan Thomas uh, talking about pros versus Joes and much more coming up right after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am Eric Balkman. He is the Dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak. I want to uh, bring everybody, uh, introduce everybody to tonight's guest. Uh, he is a, uh, his first fantasy high stakes league was back in uh, 2006 when he played in the NFFC. Played there through the 2013 season. Also played one year in the WCOF League and won, but unfortunately it was the year that the WCOF folded. Why do you even bring that up? Got a little burnt out from high stakes. Didn't play it for a few years. Only drafted online last year and this year due to schedule, but hopes and we hope 
that he will be back in Las Vegas next year. Please welcome $30,000 winner in his FFPC career and a 2017 pros versus Joe Joe drafter, Dan Thomas. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Dan. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing very hey. well. Exciting to, to have you on. I, you know, hey, before you ask the first yeah, question. Go ahead, go ahead. Before you ask the first yes. question, can I guess before he says anything? Go ahead. That's something to do with painting. Okay, Dan. Uh, when you're yeah. not playing fantasy football, what are you doing for a living? Uh, I'm a painting contractor in Orlando. Yeah, right. I got it right. This list, that's why they call him the yeah. Dizzle. He's always right you, you about stuff. Because like his email says paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I cheated. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's that? What's that like? Painting in Orlando? That's uh. Listen. Does, does it dry during this time of year with the humidity, or does it just wash off the houses? Actually, most of our, you know, we have a, a difficult time with it mainly because. We work in the theme parks here in Orlando, so we're working at night. Uh, really? And, I, damn, by yeah, the way, we're, I'm we're out, we, we, I, My guys are literally out there with dryers, drying paint. Oh, that's awesome. Before the dew falls, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I'm actually going to be in Disney World in a week, so uh, I'll look for some of your masters. Yeah, yeah. Did, you, did you guys do something on the, like the Avatar thing that they did, they're opening at Disney World? Are they open? We didn't have anything to do with Avatar. We, we mainly work with the engineering groups to, for maintenance. You know, yeah, so I'm sure there's going to be like a ton of maintenance, I'm sure. Yeah. Dan, it's yeah, got to be, yeah. it, it, be exciting for you um, to, you know, after taking some time off from, from high stakes to, to get back into it uh, like he did last year after, you know, being burnt out from, um, you know, everything that was going on. But as you, as you came back last year, did you, I mean, was there anything different for you or did you just fall into your normal, like, okay, you know, nothing's changed. This is like riding a bike. I'm back in it and I'm loving it more than I ever have. Yeah, I think I, I think I actually appreciated it more. You know, I, 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 I missed the high stakes. I was still playing. I played the football guys tournament, uh, you know, for, for the time that I wasn't playing high stakes, uh, so it, it it wasn't new. It wasn't like coming back to something new or going back, you know, doing something new. I was I was still doing it. Still enjoy it. I love football. Love football since I was a little kid. I don't remember not liking football. So let me ask you a question. So do you you live in Orlando? I assume. So do you, are you a fan of like the Buccaneers or the Dolphins? Or are you a fan of another team or not really a fan of any team? I'm a Dolphins fan. I used to have season tickets. It's just too much traveling. But uh, yeah, I'm a Dolphins fan. So we were just we were just talking about Devontae Parker. What do you think of uh, reporter James Walker's projection and, and uh, Balky's thoughts on him being undervalued? Yeah, seven, seventy catches, nine hundred eighty yards, and what was it? Six touchdowns, Dave? Yeah, Five touchdowns? Yeah, seven, seven. Yeah. What do you think yeah, about that? I saw that. I, you know, I think he's got an enormous amount of talent, but I I'm not really a Tannehill fan, and I'm not sure he's going to be better after his injury than he was before his injury. So, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm drafting him if he's, if he's you know, gets him seventh or eighth round. Because I, I do think he's got great potential. He's a hell of an athlete. I'm, I'm curious, Dan, because, you know, you've been a Dolphins fan uh, for many years, and, and you've, you know, read these beat writers, and you've listened to these coaches. How does, how does this you know, the preseason stuff we're hearing on Parker. I mean, is this just fluff? I mean, is there something to it? It sounds like you're not getting overly excited based on what you're hearing right now. I'm not getting overly excited because I've been a Dolphins fan for so long. But, no, I, what they're <laughs> saying about Parker, it's, uh, 
it's really odd that they're talking about talking them up the way they are. You know, I mean, they'll say say good things about players, but this guy, you know, every time you read about the Dolphins, they're talking about Parker. Pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. That's good. It's good to hear it from the Dolphins' mouth, as it were. <laughs> uh, so Andrew Luck's going to supposedly be healthy at the starting of training camp. We'll see. Maybe he'll have his face uh, shaved nicely. Uh, and supposed to have an elite offense. T.Y. Hilton behind him there. He's going to be great. Uh, do you have a favorite guy other than I just mentioned T.Y. Hilton? Everyone, anyone that you're really drafting, whether it's Luck or Hilton or anybody else um, that you've been getting on the Colts? Uh, I've drafted Doyle some. I think he's, he's starting to go too high. I, I like I like Doyle's situation there, but but he's he's starting to go pretty high. You know, like he's a top six or seven tight end. I don't know that I'm drafting him that high. Wow. Yeah, Doyle and, Gore, and, I, and I, I. Go ahead. Talk about well, Gore. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not touching Gore. He's just getting too old. I have drafted the, the rookie, the rookie Matt Marlon Mack. I've drafted him a few times, you know, thirteen, fourteenth round, I think. Yeah, Mack's a, a little bit of an exciting guy this year. Doyle is interesting too because Dan, you're right, he has been creeping up in drafts right now. Dave, you don't know where he's going. Take a guess at where Jack Doyle's going in FFPC drafts he's right now. Six or so. oh, six, six seven, or seven oh seven oh eight for for Jack Doyle six right or now. Seventh tight end overall. No. Uh, no, 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 he's not that. He's not so that. Seven eight, though. Okay, well. But I mean, he's he's going like a fringe yeah. top twelve guy. Um, so and he has been creeping up uh, quite a bit. What about um? I'm I'm just curious, you know, playing in the FFPC with you know and trying to get that that uh, you know high upside third tight end. Have you gotten any shares of Eric Swope? I mean, is this a guy who actually could make a pretty big impact? with Doyle this year, or do you think Doyle is actually the tight end to own there in Indy, given where he's going? I've drafted uh, Swope in a couple of leagues, I think, uh, but later, you know, like 15th round or so. But, yeah, I, I think he's got potential, even with Doyle healthy, but if, if Doyle misses some time, he could have huge games during the season. But, I mean, they, in, Indy's always had two tight ends, you know. Jack Doyle and Eric Swope. Yeah, yeah, they're the new uh, <laughs> four-letter first name and five-letter last. They're, they're the new Fleener and That's Allen. The funny Dave. thing about football, you know, that every year when I when I draft my the first few teams I draft, I look at the teams and they look so weird to me. Because <laughs> the players just don't look right. <laughs> I hear you. That makes a lot of sense. Well, listen, uh, listen, uh, Dan. When when you had uh, when when you looked at these at some of these football guys' teams last year, you're probably. Uh, thought a lot of the similar thoughts that, that you're having now, but six of those football guys' teams uh, ended up uh, paying out pretty good last year, uh, getting titles in six of them, and $15,000 uh, along with a lot of second-place finishes, uh, finishes as well is what you cash in that contest. Congrats to you on that. And one of the things I always like to ask uh, the the owners and the players that come on this show who do draft multiple FPC teams, do you find yourself gravitating to the same players uh, in a lot of these drafts that you end up you know, hitting on a few guys and then you win a lot of drafts because of it or, or win a lot of leagues because of it? Or do you find yourself building very different teams um, but equally successful and that's how you end up winning? How did you, how did these teams uh, look to you last year? I think, I think I was pretty random in who I was drafting. I, I did, I must have had uh, McCoy higher than a lot of people because I ended up with McCoy on quite a few teams. Uh, but the, the guys that I had on most teams, probably I was winning in spite of them. Because, like, 
Michael Floyd and John Brown, I was pretty high on both those guys last year. I had them in a lot of teams, and none of them, neither one of them did anything. Bulky, you were a big I was, yeah, I was, yeah, listen, yeah, Floyd, it, <laughs> Floyd's a little bit of a, he's, he was like the, the fleener of receivers for me last year. Just, uh, I was, I was high on him too. And it just, it didn't, it didn't work out. And, and it certainly doesn't look like it's, it's working out for, for him in Minnesota. Shady's a guy too. Shady's another guy that's creeping up. He was like going, um, you know, I would say like eighth or ninth overall in FFPC drafts. Now I'm seeing him creep into like sometimes fifth overall, six overall uh, yeah. in drafts. So I think that, that people are, are, are sort of uh, getting on the shady bandwagon again this year, Dan. Yeah, I think they are. I mean, probably going higher than I'm going to draft him right now, but but he could have another big year, you know. He's, he's, I was running that. I, I just like I like some other running backs better. So speaking of other running backs, let's talk about Marshawn Lynch. He's yeah. a polarizing player. And uh, how likely is it, do you think, that he actually comes back, his back is fine, and he actually finishes in the top ten running backs this season? I think there's a good chance of that. I mean, he, I, he's going to lead probably the team in touchdowns. Uh, but if, if as long as he's healthy, I think he's got a good chance of that. You and think about it, it's like, yeah, what would what hold, got, that's the only thing that could hold Lynch back, right? Is just the health. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you think you think with a year off he'd be rested, although he's another year older. But uh, he was. He was running pretty good when he left. Yeah. It always comes down to: Would you rather be rested or rusted? And so we'll <laughs> have younger. to find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? What? But what, like I said, uh, you know, ex- I mean, when he when he walked away from it, he was still he was a good running back. Yeah, he was looking good, and like honestly. You know, his stats weren't that great, but we already talked about how bad Seattle's offensive line was his last year there, too. And it's not like, you know, and I know there's people out there that love Washington and Jalen Richard on uh, on that uh, Oakland team. And that's fine, but I just don't see them, like, being serious threats as long as Lynch is... No, is those guys are chumps. I mean, they're just, they're Jags, guy, uh, Jags, uh, just a guy, essentially, yeah. is what they are. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot going uh, for Marshawn Lynch this year to uh, to have a good season. Uh, you've, uh, of course, we're talking with Dan Thomas, $30,000 FFPC career winner, drafting in the pros versus Joes uh, uh, competition that we have going on at the end of July uh, coming up. That'll be exciting to uh, to see you draft in that, Dan. And you've already drafted a trio of football guys teams this season in preparation for PVJ. Tell us uh, a little bit about uh, some of the advantages that you feel, uh, you know, selecting players so early, including – um, you know, doing drafts the day the Football Guys Players Championship opens? I don't know there's any advantage uh, other than just, you know, being used to drafting. I mean, that's just, I, like I said earlier, the, the teams that I'm drafting right now, I look at them after I've drafted the team and I just don't like them. But uh, I was <laughs> that way last year and, and I won, you know, I won with several of them, so. I, you know, it's just preparation, being ready to uh, make your pick when it comes to you. Well, the problem, Dan, is that all the guys that you got in the seventh, tenth, fifteenth rounds last year, they're all getting picked in the top yeah. twenty-four picks now. So you're yeah, they are. <laughs> that, that's why. That's why you won last year. So now you have to pick those yeah. same guys 
in the later rounds this year. Or maybe take the guys that went in the early rounds last year yeah. that had bad seasons, and now you can get those guys at like a discount. Michael Floyd. Yeah, Michael F- Kobe Fleener. There you go. Basically, any Eddie Lacy. <laughs> Anybody I talked up on this show that's, last that's year. That's the thing about football. You never know who it's going to be. I mean, there are free agents that are going to be available in their first free agency in September on the t- for the leagues that I've drafted now that they're – it's going to look stupid that they're on the free, you know, on the waiver wire. But that's the way it goes. Uh, a lot of times in these uh, uh, on these football, uh, these early football guys teams. At least we have the wa- early waivers. Yeah, nice. there, we added that because we didn't have it for a long it's, time. It was a listen. Another genius decision by the Dizzle and the prognosticator. Just, on just this. bad planning. Yeah, and then you fix it. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like this show. <laughs> Which is what we're going to do right now. We're going to, when are we going to do the fixing? We're fixing it right now. We've got to get to a break here. Uh, we have much more coming up with Dan Thomas, Pros versus Joe's contestant this year, won $30,000 in his FFPC career. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Falkman, Dave Gerzak, Dan Thomas, coming up more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Eric Balkman. I am your slightly above average host on this thrill ride we call the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am uh, co-hosting the show tonight with the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, and we are joined by Dan Thomas, FFPC, $30,000 career winner, and of course, a contestant in the Pros versus Joes. He will be one of the 36 Joes that will be representing the FFPC, taking on 36 industry pros. Coming up in six separate drafts that we will broadcast live on these airwaves coming up at the end of July. I believe it is the second and the, it's the, the penultimate last week or penultimate weekend uh, in July. And then, then, of course, the uh, final weekend in July we'll be broadcasting. This. You'll be around for all six of them this year, Dave. You know, I was telling my daughter, Ella. Yeah. She's a bright young lady. How irritated I always get when you say the word penultimate all the time. Right. And then you say it all the time to irritate me, and you say it again. I went on your daughter's blog, and you should see how many times that she's just littering the thing with the word penultimate. <laughs> just loves the word penultimate now. So she should start using it, I guess. Good for her. She's using some bulky words. Dan, uh, let's talk about uh, football guys' draft strategy because that's always uh, you know, a key uh, component in, in drafting dominant teams. In your most recent football guys' draft, you actually started – Running back, running back, a uh, a throwback, as it were. You don't really <laughs> no see that. No one does that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, something that we saw, it was all the time, every team, 10 to 15 years ago, running back, running back, running Mike, back, running Mike back. Nazareth yeah. said you have yeah. to Yeah. Uh, and then we hear, you know, Sean Siegel, zero RB strategy uh, comes into vogue, you know, four or five years ago. And last year, uh, we saw a, a ton of players uh, go with uh, zero RB. Do you feel that those owners who ignore the possibilities of starting a draft running back, running back, they're missing the boat with a shipload of value staring them in the face with those running backs? It, it, or is this just a case of like, don't look at position that early on. Look at the value. Look at the players, regardless of position. Those are the guys you want to get. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just, value because I've, I've also drafted wide res- I, I think one of my drafted three wide receivers to start but it's just the value whatever falls you know uh, at the turn you know I had the 11th pick in one of those and after the first three or four receivers I'm not that comfortable drafting another one in the first round you know and there's there's some good running backs there I think it's, you know, I like it's, Melvin it's, Gordon it's, a lot you know 
Yeah, well, t- talk talk a little bit about Melvin Gordon because he's a guy that I want to like. Obviously, you know, we're you know we're at least I, I am a, a Badgers fan uh, up here in Northeast Wisconsin. Dave is ambiguous to the uh, his college football leanings, but you know, <laughs> I, I I like I, I want to like Melvin Gordon this year because he was so he had such a rough rookie season. Really rebounded last year, had a phenomenal season. I, I'm just worried about the touchdown dependency that his uh, fantasy value was was tied to in 2016 can you set my mind at ease dan can you tell me that listen melvin gordon's going to have another double digit touchdown season he's going to put up a ton of yards he's going to catch passes no danny woodhead there it's all going to be good for melvin gordon take him comfortably uh in the first round this year can you can you set my mind at ease well that's why i like him i mean woodhead's gone there's nobody behind him uh brandon oliver i think is the backup there so there's nobody behind him the, you know, I think the offense is going to be pretty wide open. They've got some receivers now, but after drafting Thomas, they've they should have pretty good depth as long as Allen's healthy. Field should be spread out a little bit. Gordon should have some room to run. So we were talking about Shady McCoy a little bit earlier, and uh, let's talk about his handcuff, Jonathan Williams. No one really talks about him, and he's probably pretty cheap to draft. Very cheap. Um, what do you think? You think uh, what is it saying? What is he in drafted, Boggy? What do you got him here? Oh, Jonathan Williams ADP? Yeah, can't uh, be that early. No, it's it's fairly late. He's actually going uh, 1406 in FFPC. 14th round. What do you think? Is that a good pickup, even if you don't own uh, Shady McCoy? I think so, yeah. And I think I drafted him 14th round or the 12th round in one of those drafts I was in. But, yeah, he is standalone value. You know, McCoy has a little bit of an injury history, so there's a chance he's He's going to do, when you're drafting this, you know, in the the bottom half of your, the draft right now, this early, there's so many questions with everybody. There's no telling who's going to be the breakout, you know? And, and that's totally right. And, I, and I'm just looking at some of the running backs going around Jonathan Williams right now. And you're always, obviously always looking for upside, 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 especially when you hit those double-digit rounds. You're looking at guys – like Jacquez Rogers, Deion Lewis, TJ Yeldon, Charles Sims, uh, Shane Vereen, Chris Thompson, Dante Foreman, Marlon Mack. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys there um, that, you know, have some upside, but man, I think about Jonathan Williams and the fact that he's, you know, one twist of a knee or twist of an ankle or whatever it is away from assuming that starting running back role in Buffalo. And you get him in the 14th round. Even if I don't have LaShawn McCoy, he makes a lot of sense there for an upside pick, especially if you're drafting this early on in the season. It makes a lot of sense uh, to get him on your squad. Dan, I do want to uh, get to uh, some listener uh, emails here tonight that, uh, that came in for you. Uh, the first, oh, this is uh, apropos because this is a another Dolphins question. This is from Dale in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Do you think that Jarvis Landry is being penalized too much in drafts because he can't seem to find the end zone too often? Good luck in pros versus Joes. That's Dale in Louisville, Kentucky. Thank you for the email, Dale. So, Dan, you look at uh, Jarvis Landry going at that 3-4 uh, turn in FFPC drafts right now. So if you have the uh, number one pick, uh, you're probably looking at Landry uh, when it comes back to you. Um, <clears throat> or uh, no, excuse me, at the at the 312. So you are not. If <laughs> if you have you have the turn the other way. If you have the final pick, uh, you're looking at Jarvis Landry 
uh, in the uh, at that three four turn. Do you think? I mean, that's appropriate for where he should be going because Landry catches a lot of passes, just doesn't see the end zone too much. I I think it's I think that's about where he should be going. Really, I mean, it, it, and you got you got to go back to Tannehill like for Parker. I mean, you're not sure Tannehill is going to be a hundred percent. But Tannehill's a guy too. You've also that, got like, Parker there, and I think Julius Thomas could, could, as long as he's healthy. Don't anybody laugh. But as long as Julius Thomas is healthy, I think he he could he could uh, catch some balls this year. Yeah, and like and we we've heard the reports, and I think we might have a Jay Ajayi email coming up later on in the show, so I don't want to spoil it too much. But if Ajayi really is you know, uh, looking better, catching the ball out of the backfield this year. That's going to be another weapon that uh, is is going to uh, really help uh, Ryan Tannehill in uh, moving that Dolphins team down the field. And remember, Ajayi doesn't have to deal with Arian Foster this year. He's going to be the guy from the get-go. I think that'll be good. Get him in the right frame of mind uh, starting from week one. Remember, he was he was like left behind on, on uh, yeah, a flight week. to a game. Uh, you know, the so first, it's week, just, the first it, week he wasn't on the active roster, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just it's crazy to think about he's going to be in a totally different place this year so that again the, the, the Dolphins offense we talked a lot about it we'll continue to talk a lot about it especially once preseason gets going because uh, there's going to be a lot of interesting things to see and it's going to affect draft boards as well uh, this is from uh, Mark in St. Paul Minnesota Dan who do you see yourself drafting more this year Delaney Walker or Tyler Eifert. Thanks for the email. That is Mark in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Delaney Walker, Tyler Eifert. Which one uh, are you siding with this year, Dan? I'm, I'm not at all high on Walker. Uh, I, just, I just too many too many targets are going to go in a different direction. It's with with Eric Decker, uh, the rookie. I just, I just, I'm not, I'm not that high on Walker, but Eifert, you got to worry about his health, but I like Eifert better. Yeah, they're, uh, I mean, again, that, 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 uh, that Bengals offense really uh, switched uh, what they're doing this year. They add John Ross, they add Joe Mixon. I don't want to say high powered, uh, but but they definitely have uh, some speedier playmakers uh, in, in focal points of the offense uh, than they did last year. So that, uh, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And Delaney Walker, I mean, you have Eric Decker there now. They drafted Corey Davis. Um, Dave always, I know you always make the point of like, every year I don't like Delaney Walker. And every year he somehow comes through <laughs> and, and holds his value. Uh, wow, this is the year he's gonna suck, maybe Bucky. this is the year he is. I mean, who knows? They, 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 they got a, a lot of more capable Cast pa- uh, pass catchers there that than they've had in recent years. No matter so. what, football guys probably has them ranked third or fourth. Probably they always have them ranked super yeah. high. Yeah, that's no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> uh, Dan, you know we haven't really touched on this uh, at all, but I I do want to get into this. Uh, you were uh, selected as as a Joe uh, in the 2017 Pros versus Joes contest, so that'll be very exciting. You'll be competing against five other Joes, six other Pros in your individual 12 team league for a free FFPC main event team. Um, next year, you've you've been doing drafts already, so you know the the whole. Um, oh, where's this guy going to go? Where's this guy going to go? You you have a pretty good handle on that. Is there any other strategy with these twenty eight round drafts, knowing that you're drafting against five other guys that have probably drafted in some FFPC sets, and then six pros who maybe don't know the the format as well as as the Joes, but definitely guys that are keeping up on on the uh, 
you know, on um, player value uh, for their own personal leagues as well. What's the strategy for you and pros versus Joes this year? I don't know that I have a, any different strategy than a regular draft. You know, I mean, just I, I just try to pick whoever falls. There's a – I like the rookie running backs this year. The rookie running backs, somebody's going to win a lot of money because they drafted a rookie in the 12th round, you know. Uh, but as far as drafting for this, I, I, don't, I don't really see drafting any differently than I would in an ordinary draft. When you when Dan, when you talk about the the rookie running backs this year, are you specifically talking about you know like the obvious ones, Fournette, McCaffrey, Cook, uh, or you know guys that you can get a, at a value later on, you know Foreman or or Mac or Wayne Gallman or anybody like that? I mean, is it just the class as a whole that you really like, or is it just uh, top heavy? I think the class, the whole rookie class. This is the deepest rookie class since I'm not sure how long, but I, I like uh, Joe Williams in San Francisco and uh, and Hunt in Kansas City. I think they're both in great situations if, if the right thing happens for them. You know, and you're going to get those guys 10, 11, 12. All right. So, Falky's been talking about his penultimate question. Yeah, yeah. And Waskai over here is saying that the pre-anti-penultimate is the fourth before the end of the season. Right. And anti-penultimate is the third. Okay. I'm going to ask the ultimate question. Is that okay? Can I just ask the ultimate? This is the ultimate question. The, the, the last question? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Give us an early round bust this year in FFPC leagues and a late round sleeper that you are trying to nab as many drafts as you can. Uh I am probably not going to have DeMarco Murray on any games. He's, I'm just, I don't, I don't think he's going to do that well. I mean, I, I don't think he'll be a bust, but but I'm probably not going to draft him anywhere. I'm not going to draft him as early as the third round, and I think he's going that high, second or third round. Just think Henry's going to get a lot of, a lot of work. Henry's actually he, he creeped up in in drafts uh, earlier, and I was like, oh my god, this guy's a backup running back. Why is he going so early? He's actually fallen a little bit back down uh, to the early eighth round, which to me is a little bit more sane. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. The, the Murray Murray pick makes sense. I mean, we're we're kind of waiting for the the wheel to fall off, and he's already had some foot issues in his career, so maybe this is the year. I don't I, I, I don't know. It, it definitely could be. What about a sleeper, uh, Dan, for us that that uh, you can give away on the show? A guy that uh, you're targeting? I like Joe Williams, the the running back in San Francisco. I think he's in a perfect situation. Carlos Hyde's never played a healthy season, you know, and that's uh, he he just looks like he's in the right spot. What about some of the press reports for that? Is that Matt Breida? Is that the guy, the undrafted free agent? They've been. Oh yeah, Breida. Yeah, yeah. The big, the big, the big hoss. Yeah. Who is? I did, I did not understand what you said. I'm sorry. The the undrafted. Okay. We're from Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the undrafted free agent that the that the Niners signed, Matt Breida. He uh, apparently has also looked very very good in that offense. Um, but I, again, this is a guy I hadn't heard about till probably about I don't know a week ago, and all of a sudden. A month ago. Well, okay, I didn't hear about him until like a week ago. Well, maybe a few weeks. Okay, whatever. Yeah, he's he's obviously not on your radar. You're you're you're, you're, 
you're still locked into uh, Joe Williams as a, a pretty good value in the 12th round. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, you know, it, it, it's funny drafting now. I mean, nobody's even put pads on yet, but, just, you know, looking at drafting rookies. But uh, it's a good situation in San Francisco. But I, I did not hear about the other guy. I hadn't. So just to so we just get it out there, right? Matt Burita, he's five ten, one eighty one, according to whatever blurb this is. There's always inaccuracies. Yeah. On May eighteenth. Oh wait, on this website he's six foot two, two forty. Exactly. <laughs> uh, May eighteenth, there was an article with the title um, "Undrafted Running Back Matt Burita Turning Heads in San Francisco." And then two days ago, Matt Burita showing speed in minicamp, which oh. you know, if you're one eighty one, you might show some speed, especially if you're not wearing pads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, eight point three yards per carry at Georgia Southern. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Right, but 180 pounds. And <laughs> so, yeah, he's not the workhorse. Yeah, definitely not, he's not. not the workhorse. San Francisco's kicker weighs 180 pounds. <laughs> so that's that's Martin something. Dramatic. Yeah, was 190. He was one. Yeah, he was a beefy guy. He he could have he couldn't fly like uh, Matt Breida though. Uh, listen, we have to I fly actually, I, uh, right I now. Tim Hightower going there until until the draft, but. Uh, Yeah, Hightower is a guy that, like, I mean, you think about what he did for New Orleans. I just, I still can't get over that. Just, uh, you know, an aging running back signed off the street, and then he ends up just crushing it in fantasy playoffs for uh, the owners that started him. So it's a crazy game. You said yourself, Dan, you never know with football. And uh, we know that we had a good time with you tonight. We certainly appreciate you joining us, uh, giving us a little preview of uh, what you've been doing already this season in drafts and what you plan on doing. And, and we'll, uh, we'll get to watching your drafts live when we cover the pros versus Joes. That'll be exciting as well. I want to wish you the best of luck in that league uh, in all your leagues this year, man. Uh, it's uh, so great to have you on. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, I'm looking forward to the draft. So, it, it will, it, it will be, you bet, man. It will be a lot of fun uh, listening to uh, to uh, or watching because uh, we'll have the hopefully we'll have the draft board up of uh, thirty thousand dollar FFBC winner Dan Thomas drafting his pros versus Joe's team coming up at the end of July. You know, it's interesting when we were talking about the Niners running backs there. Uh, you know, I don't want to make this a weekly thing, but I think it has. Uh, I was listening to the Football Guys Audible last night, and uh, uh, Cecil Lammy was uh, in an experts draft on Wednesday night, and he was talking about it, um, you know, what he did or whatever. And one of the guys in his draft actually selected Carlos Hyde, and Lammy, you know, said to him, like, ah, the Niners don't like him. And, uh, Okay, that's fine. And then the guy's like, oh, and then he apparently texted some of his NFL insiders that, you know, these uh, these experts, these industry experts, he texted them and he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Lammy's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't have any insiders. I don't have any experts, Dave. I know they don't like them. <laughs> I just, I told the guy drafted him. It's just the experts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Get hands up. And then he had to text his, his uh, NFL insiders like, hey, do the Niners really not like Hyde? Like, yeah. Have you gone on the internet? Well, Have you opened a browser window? Like, you know, just click and put it in Google. You know, there's this thing called Google. Right. You put it in there and you can click on the news feature <laughs> and then the news pops up. Yeah. Just fancy about the that. person that you put in there. Yeah. And, and, and uh, then there's shows like ours that uh, uh, mislead people, but uh, that's a, a different conversation. You know, there's a, okay, let's play devil's advocate. Okay. Hide a little bit. All right. So they don't like Hyde. They draft just Joe Williams and Matt Breed of this shrimpy dude. He's not yeah. going to do anything. He's 5'10, 181. An so, Udfa. Too small. 
So they, they're grooming Joe Williams. They love this Joe Williams. And it turns out he's still a rookie. And he doesn't know the playbook. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He can't block anyone for crap. Yeah. Guess who's left? Carlos Hyde. Yeah, probably. Maybe, a guy who can block. Maybe it's Hightower. But anyway. Oh, yeah. But no. Uh, you know, by the way. Carlos Hyde is the guy that's left. I mean, maybe Well, hold Hyde on. The there is one more. Do you remember who they traded for? Uh, pre, I think it was, was it during the draft or pre-draft? Who's that? Capri Bibbs. Okay, they got yeah, from yeah, Denver. Yeah. So yeah. he's out there. Yeah, there you go. As you would say, farting around <laughs> in <laughs> Diners training yeah. camp. Flipping around between second and fourth on the depth chart. Right. Like, you know, week three, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, Bribbs with the start. Yeah. Bribbs. Yeah. Bibbs, whatever the hell <laughs> yeah. his name is. Bibbs at the start next week. Cut. The <laughs> no, week after. No. Practice squad. What happens? Bibbs gets to start next week. Hyde gets cut, and then Bibbs keeps his oh job. Oh, my God. Him. Can you imagine? I could imagine. I could totally imagine that. You know what the sad thing is? I totally could, too. I can also imagine that Just we're... make sure you stand for the anthem, Capri Bibbs, please. All right. We don't have to get into that. We already had one Kaepernick <laughs> reference. You brought him up? Yeah, and now you, you like, subtweeted it live. You live subtweeted <laughs> talking about Kaepernick. Uh, we're going to talk about much more, including your tweets and subtweets, uh, coming up right after this. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzek. This is the HSFFOR on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The penultimate show we're doing in June here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Chilling, chilling out on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Great interview from Dan Thomas. We'll look forward to uh, his draft in the Pros vs. Joe's coming up at the end of the month. But uh, before we get to that, we need to get to all of your calls, emails, tweets, whatever, coming up right here on Fantasy Football. Got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest? Send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. You know, for as much as Joe Williams is being ballyhooed right now, do you want to take a guess at what his ADP is? Uh, 12th? 13.05. So slipping, apparently. You would expect a guy like that to be rising from the 12th. He's not. Maybe the Breida hype is putting him down a little bit. The Breida hype is real. Carlos Hyde's still at the 508. 508. People are still buying. Someone's buying early. Mike, all, the, all the chumps are buying early, but the chumps will turn into champs and yeah. see what happens. Yeah, could definitely uh, happen. Mike in Verdon, Illinois, I have a blind resume for you. I already know who this is, so I can't play. But Dave Gerzak can play. What the hell is this? You know, the thing we did. Oh, yeah. 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 All right, I have to figure out the player. Yeah. All right. all right. Here we go. I finished as the number 18 wide receiver last season okay. and returned to the same squad with the same quarterback. Same, same. Yet I am not being drafted until the 10th round as the 43rd receiver off the board. Who am I? Uh, Thielen or Meredith? It is not. Th- Thielen was the last one. Oh, yeah. Not, not Meredith. Uh, you are in the wrong conference. All right. So we got to go to the AFC. AFC receiver. Number 18 last year. <laughs> not going until the 10th round of FFPC drafts this year. Wow. Okay. So... I like to feel a little bit challenging. I have to actually think a little bit. This was a guy that um, was was not really drafted in 12-team leagues last year. Um, <laughs> so he was picked up on waivers, I see. Picked up on waivers or maybe drafted by shrewd owners in the or, – or bought by shrewd owners in the Kentucky auction last year <laughs> and ended up starting – I don't know him. who's in their stupid yeah, auction yeah, team. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's, uh, he just well, I wasn't help, paying attention help, to it. Helped us finish uh, runner-up in that league, whatever. <laughs> 
I love it. I love you bringing yeah. that up out of nowhere. I'll give you a hint. Uh, this is an AFC West receiver. <laughs> Um, that was uh, finished as number 18. Okay, so it's not Crabtree. Not Crabtree. Wrong team. Okay. Not on the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. All right, so it wasn't Tyree Kelly being drafted way earlier. Wrong team. Wrong team. Th- thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so um, let's see. We got the, it's not the Broncos. Not the Broncos. Wrong team. Wrong team. Wrong team. <laughs> what team is left? The Chargers are left. There's the only <laughs> Tyrell team Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. He's really going that late. That late. In the 10th? Yeah, in the 10th round. Dude, that is, okay, that is so ridiculous. Mike Williams is like the, the ultimate super boss right. of the year. The Oh, my goodness. It's so insane. He's not healthy. He wasn't healthy when he got drafted. The now, team screwed up and drafted him in the okay, first place. Okay. Tyrell Williams, top 20 wide receiver, no doubt. Yeah, right. number 18 last year. Okay. For sure. He's gonna, and he's going to start the whole season. Okay. Mike Williams has no competition whatsoever. Okay. And Keenan Allen will probably tear his ACL again. The, or, you know, puncture some sort of life organ. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, Mike Williams, to, again, to play devil's advocate, not going to the 16-10. Okay, so Tyrell Williams is still being drafted well ahead of Mike Williams. Right, right, right. But you look at Keenan Allen, he is going at the, the 312. Yeah. So the end of the third, right in that Jarvis Landry range for uh, somebody who's picking last. So, okay, if you want to do this, I would give you top 25. Sure, okay. I'll take him. So I will take Tyrell Williams not finishing in yeah, the yeah. top 25 sure. this year uh, for receivers. I got 50 on it. You want, you, this is D10? <laughs> 10 X bet. I'll put five on. All right, let's just do that for God's sake. <laughs> you have kids, no. I don't want to take your money. It's not that I don't mind the money aspect. I mind the aspect of like this could skew the whole. I got five yeah, on it all season. Yeah. So you are certainly. I am confident. I'm as confident in that one as like that. You know Mayweather knocks out Conor McGregor. Wow. Man, you should have given me odds. Lock then. it up, Falky. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on. We have another email here. Actually, we have several emails to get to, and uh, not a lot of time to do it. Dear Vince and Eddie, are you a fan of Eric Decker's landing spot in Nashville? How does his and Corey Davis' value change now? Go Titans. Frank in Kingsport, Tennessee. Thank you for the email, Frank. Now, Bucky, we had a, you had a little rant you were going on at the office the other day about this Corey Davis-Decker thing. Yeah. Tell me, I, so give me the rant. Tell me what happened. Well, okay. So, uh, as you know, our producer runs our um, HSFFO, our Twitter account. And, like, I probably honestly should not, like, I should know what is t- being tweeted out there uh, more than I actually do. You're big, you're big time now. Well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm saying, like, not on Twitter in general. I'm just saying, like, I should know what the show I host is tweet. You know yes, what I mean? Sure. And so I happen to see... Um, there was a tweet and I don't, I don't have it up, but basically what it was, was um, something, the effect of, of Corey Davis, all these Corey Davis people are, are going to be disappointed now that Eric Decker's in town. Like you you can't be super excited about Davis anymore. And, you know, somebody replied like, um, Oh, I think this actually helps Corey Davis's value this year, which I don't understand. And then of course, two Packer comes on and said, yeah, this doesn't hurt his value. And I think, Honestly, talking, it was a little more dynasty type. I, maybe that's the way they took it. Right. Now, I certainly don't think Eric Decker affects Corey Davis's dynasty stock one iota. Right. Okay, but from this for this year, I mean, for if you think that Corey Davis is is somehow going to put up bigger numbers with Eric Decker in town <laughs> than he would have without Eric Decker, if you somehow think that Corey Davis should, oh my God, Eric Decker's there now, it frees well, him up. We got to bump Corey Davis up on yeah, dr- like if you more it, listen if you think that uh, I I can't help you. There's just you know whatever. Uh, I I have nothing to say to that. This does hurt him this year. 
Okay. Uh, maybe it's not a huge dent. Maybe it's only a little bump down. But I, I can't believe that Corey Davis's 2017 redraft value is in a better place now with Decker around. Well, and you have to keep in mind, Delaney Walker's still there. So it's like, at what, at where in the pecking order does Corey Davis fall even? Yeah. He could be third. Um, is Richard, is the, the fact that Tennessee and gave, Richard Matthews, right, they right? gave him all that money. I mean, not all that money, but they gave him a significant amount of money last year. Speaking of receivers that finished in the top 20 something, where did Richard match? I, I don't know where he finished. He was right up. He was up in there. Go ahead. Okay. I'll, well, I'll, I'll, how about you look it up? Because I have something to say about Matthews. Um, does actually, I don't have something to say. I have a question to ask you about Matthews. Does the fact that Tennessee paid him in free agency last year and they bring him aboard and now he's in the second year of that deal, does that make does that have any kind of impact on this? Knowing that Tennessee used the fifth overall pick on a receiver, knowing that they paid again, they didn't pay Eric Decker a ton of money, but they're bringing him in. Does does Matthews' contract is that a sunk cost at this point, or is that still impactful? as we look at his role in this uh, Titans receiving core this year. And again, I'm not asking for a factual thing. I'm asking for your opinion here. You know, I don't, I don't know. I think, that, I think that they're probably not going to, because he's already has the contract, I don't think they're going to use that too much in evaluating whether he's mm-hmm. a player or not. I'm guessing that they're just going to really go by who's showing the most talent, who's going to help them win, you know, like more of a, a true what you should be doing type of right. thing. Right, yeah. So that's my, that's my guess. Uh, as far as uh, receivers go, Matthews did have – by the way, Matthews uh, also on the Kentucky runner-up auction team for okay. me and Kurt last year. Rashard Matthews, he was the number 20 wide receiver yeah. last year. 20 overall. How not, the, not the number 20. I, I have a question. Not number 20 and some other stat. How terrible was our team in Kentucky last year <laughs> that we get David Johnson and we get Tyrell Williams essentially for free, Rashard Matthews essentially for free, and we don't win the whole thing? What is this in the auction? Yeah, in Kentucky auction. Oh, by the way, it was a fourteen team auction, yeah. which means it should have been even easier. Yes, I know. How how did this? You uh, second. That's pretty good. That's good. You know what sucked? You that's know who? You know who our? Done. You know who our starting tight end was? Kobe hmm. Fleener. <laughs> and <laughs> there you go. There's yeah, your answer. And you remember you and Kurt stepped away from the table, and then you know you came back and and yeah, Kurt's like, Kurt's like, Kurt's like, oh, box, how is uh. How's our team doing? I'm like, oh, I got some cleaner insurance and Antonio Gates. <laughs> Kurt just, you know, did the face palm to the. Yeah. Uh, so he was he was uh, upset about that. Um, okay, so let's talk about let's actually answer this guy's email. Decker, you like his spot in in Tennessee? Not particularly. Really? I kind of do. I mean, it's okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just I don't know how much confidence I have in Decker coming back off that injury. And uh, just to give you their AD, well, I'm not I'm not not going to tell you. You guess. I'll give you a hint. Eric Decker and so Corey. this is after the post. Well, this is, I, this is most of it. Stats yeah, I mean, round. again, we haven't had a, you know, a ton uh, of draft. Decker, uh, ninth round. Both in the ninth round. He, he and Davis. Corey Davis, 909. Eric Decker, 912. Now, do you expect Decker to rise above Davis? I would think so. And you would rather have Decker than Davis this year? I would rather have Decker yeah, than Davis. He's proven, he's, you know, he's got the talent. I, you know, where is, uh, interestingly enough, you don't know where Richard Matthews is going. He's probably going to the I can take, uh, he, is he even going? He's got to be going. Well, yeah, I mean, I meant that a little facetiously. Eleven <laughs> uh, ten, so actually not that much later. Okay. And uh, we don't care about Taewon Taylor, right? Uh, from a dynasty perspective. No, I no, from redraft perspective. So you know, okay, so let's look at the football guys' depth chart right now. Yeah. Number one on their depth chart, Rashard Matthews. <laughs> number two, Eric Decker. Number three, Corey Davis. Number four, Taewon Taylor. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know that very well could change. You'd expect it to change because he was such an early draft. Right. right? Yeah. But. Uh, 
interesting. Hey, Dave and Balky, unlike last year, we know that Golden Tate is the Lions receiver to own. But is there any value in targeting Marvin Jones later as well? That is Paul in Los Angeles. La La Land. Let me give you a quick answer on that. Uh, Marvin Jones screwed me last year, so I'm not taking him this year. See, I'm, hold, I'm holding a grudge against Marvin Jones. Don't you think that's a mistake? No. Nope. This is a mistake that fantasy owners make. I know that. But you in bur- this case, I don't usually do it. In this case, I'm doing it. Okay. But he had ha- one good game. Hold on. Four for 107. Right. And he sucked. Yeah, he had a couple of good games. The rest were terrible. Do you think if you would not have owned Marvin Jones last year, you would still be off him this year? You would still be like, you know what? Uh, no. Uh, he's not going to be a guy I'm going to look at. No, maybe I would look at him. Okay. So it's totally because I own him. Uh, he's going at the 1008 right now. Yeah, way too high. Now, the problem with going at the 1008, Dave, I don't necessarily have a problem with that value right there um, as far as, you know, paying that price to, to get um, Marvin Jones on my team. But you look at the other guys that are going in the 10th round. The, the aforementioned Tyrell Williams. Adam Thielen also going there. Corey Coleman, Jordan Matthews. Oh, man. Oh, that's juicy. Those guys are all good. Mike Wallace, your guy. Yeah. Kenny Britt, I mean, my Corey, guy. Corey Coleman's like the number one wide receiver in Cleveland. Richard Matthews. Yeah. Uh, Quincy Inunua. I mean, these are all guys that all I... guys I'm acquiring off your teams. Yeah, exactly. These are all guys that I'd, I'd be more excited about drafting than Marvin Jones. I just, I saw him disappear too much, and I don't see the offense, like changing uh and you know what honestly you know they give marvin jones all that money he he doesn't perform don't you want to hear puff pieces about marvin jones don't you want to hear the coaches raving about him in year two? Oh, he didn't know the system it was his first year he didn't have enough time to build chemistry with stafford you know you want to hear these excuses if you want to draft jones i'm not hearing any of this let me ask you a question about marvin jones how many games did he have where he scored more than 14 fantasy points in ppr i'll say two wrong one Oh, my goodness. One game, six for 205, two touchdowns against the, the, hap, the, the hapless the, the, Packers yeah, defense. Yeah. So the Green like, Bay hapless. Hapless, <laughs> terrible. So, I mean, it's like these are all terrible performances. Right. He has one good game. Hey, sucks. He May, sucks. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't even that good coming up before he came over. I never, I never really understood because, you know, Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones both left the Bengals last year in free agency, and they, all, they both got paid a lot of money. I never understood, like, Oh my goodness, this is, you, you gotta like Sanu this year. You gotta like Jones. I never really thought they were all that great in Cincinnati. So why all of a sudden would they be great in Atlanta and great in Detroit? You know? let's, let's look back on Marvin I didn't have Jones. Sanu on any team last year. Marvin Jones came out of Cal. He was drafted in round five with a 31st pick in the, in the round, almost around a six round player. Yeah. He has had his highest yardage season was 950 or 930 yards last year. And he had that one season in 2013 where, he, you know, it was a, a statistical anomaly where he caught 10 touchdowns. I think he had caught three in one game, right? Yeah. So it's, he's just been a luck shot guy his whole career. He's not even luck that good. shot. He sucks. <laughs> I like that. Don't draft. I'm not taking it. He's Don't a luck shot it. guy. This is a luck shot podcast. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. I'm, you know what? I'm glad we discussed this because I'm really, I'm even more off Marvin Jones. Okay, okay let me ask you this. minutes of research, I'm even more right. off Marvin Jones. Okay, ever. okay. That, that's, that's fine that you're off him. Okay, so you're, you're not taking Marvin Jones in the, in the 10th round. Does this make you – does the fact that you are much further down on Marvin Jones than other people, other drafters, does that make you higher on Golden Tate going at the 410 right now? Not necessarily. I don't really love Golden Tate that much. I mean, I really don't. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would consider him in that area, but I wouldn't – I'll leap, tell you why I you won't. I wouldn't leap to the 404 because I'd be taking Tyreek Hill before. I was just going to say, you know who the receiver that's yeah. going right before him is Tyreek Hill. Hill. Yeah. Of course. 
Uh, and you know who's going right after her, by the way? Who? Terrell Pryor, a guy oh, that you I, bet five on I, it last week. I, probably, uh, on, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure about Tate versus Pryor yet. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Mike in Lexington, North Carolina. Is Danny Woodhead being underrated in the FFPC again? He's on a new team coming on, he writes, coming on an ACL. I think he's coming off an ACL. <laughs> Hopefully he's not coming on an ACL. Coming off an ACL and his, the R-rated part of the show. And his uh, <laughs> oh, now you made it R-rated. <laughs> uh, and his new teammate Macklin is going to be getting a lot of targets. But Woodhead was the number two running back in 2015. Thanks, gents. That's Mike in Lexington, North Carolina. Thanks for the email, Mike. I'm kind of with him. Danny Woodhead. We we saw reports again this week that Flacco's throwing to him a ton. He was heavily involved in uh, in. Uh, you know, the passing game that the, the media got to see in, in OTAs and everything. I think that Woodhead is a guy, again, you're, especially if you go zero RB. 704. All right. All right. Get, yes, I will take him happily as my second running back at the 704. You could even, honestly, Dave, you know what you could do? Take, okay. take a stud running back in the first round, one of the top three or McCoy or, or Gordon, um, and then uh, pound receivers and maybe tight ends. You, you get four receivers in there, you get a tight end in there, and you take Danny Woodhead as your second running back. There's there's a lot worse ways to build a team than having Woodhead as your second running back. Well, and you look at the rest of the running backs on that team, and they're always – they can never – Terrence West. They don't know what the the hell they're doing. Yeah. Kenneth Dixon suspended to start the season. Yeah, they don't – exactly. Maybe Woodhead gets off to that fast start. That everybody always craves. You know what I saw? I agree with you, actually. Preach into the converted. You know, you know what? I am converted. I hadn't really thought a whole lot about Woodhead, and I'm, I'm on board with that. Chris in Smyrna, Georgia. 32, though. He's old. Out of Shadron State. Okay, yeah. He's... Where's Shadron State? I'll give you five bucks if you tell me. God, I don't know. Um, guess. Uh, Kentucky. All right, I'm <laughs> I don't know why, I guess. Either Kentucky or Georgia. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know why I thought those two. Or maybe Washington. Now I'm just randomly naming states. Shadron? Yep. Chadron. That's Chadron, whatever. Yeah, where is it? Nebraska. Oh, that was close. It was in the United States. They have a graduation rate of 34.7%. Yikes. Doesn't speak well for Danny (laughs) Woodhead's post-NFL career. (laughs) Academics, not a strength. Yeah. But churning out pass-catching running backs that you can get at a value in the FFPC, a strength. <laughs> Good for him. You know, I'm, I'm, I like that. Chris, Chris in Smyrna, Georgia. Maybe that's why I was thinking Georgia. We all know how bulky feels, but is Dave also looking at drafting Martavis Bryant this year after Big Ben said he looks like a stud again? Thanks for the email, Chris. Um, this came out earlier this week. Somebody asked Big Ben, uh, you know, what about Martavis Bryant? He's like, oh, he looks like a stud. Looks like a stud, Dave. You you cannot fight. You know, come over to the dark side. You want to the dark side. Yeah. Where, where is he being drafted? Take a guess. Uh, 5'10". 5'10". Where would you be comfortable taking him? All right. 7'10". He goes at the 607, so split the difference. Yeah, That's where he's going right now. So I'm that, actually pretty happy with my guesses lately. Dave, you, listen, you're dialed in, man. It's like you're commissioning these drafts, but you're really not. Yeah. Um, so Martavis Bryant at the 607. Again, this is a guy that... Um, we saw the upside already. The, the thing that I'm worried about, I know he's rocked up. I, it seems like he's got his head on straight. But even when these guys have their heads on straight, uh, it seems like, you know, one slip up and, and boom, you, you might never come back to the NFL. Because the, that, that's where we're at with Bryant right now. As much as I want to make him my boy this year, I'm, I'm still trying to trade him in Dynasty. I, just, I, <laughs> I feel like this is like I'm constantly walking on broken glass with Bryant. And it's just going to be like that one little slip, and it's going to slice my foot open, and I'm going to bleed to death. So, we, so no, they're not talking about Juju Smith-Schuster or anything yet. 
No. No. Um, he, he's been talked up. Has he? Yeah. J J S S. Yeah. I don't know. You know, six or seven, maybe. I guess Antonio Brown is going to get a ton of yeah, catches. Le'Veon Bell is going to get a ton of catches. Yeah, he's totally he's he's not going to ever be the primary or even secondary playmaker on the team. So it's just really tough for him to return. You know, six oh seven. It's not not super expensive, but he's still he has to do well to re- return value there. Okay, let's let's just do a mini. Would you rather here? Sure. These are all guys going after Martavis Bryant. Okay. Uh, Brandon Marshall. Um, I'll take Marshall. I would rather have Bryant. Uh, Calvin Benjamin. Ugh, I'll take Benjamin though. Really, I would take Brian that game. <laughs> uh, he's the he's, he's the primary receiver, and he's lost that weight. Yeah, that that is true. His trouble is going. Did you hear? By the way, anymore. Rod Rivera is like, oh, he didn't weigh two eighty, but maybe two seventy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something to that effect. Uh, Bryant or Crowder? Um, you're trying to get me going on Crowder. I'm going to take Crowder. Yeah, uh, Jay Gruden was gushing about him again this week. Uh, I agree with you there. And then uh, Bryant or Parker. I'll take Bryant. I, I would, too. And then uh, last one, I know which way you're going to say. Martavis Bryant or Dante Moncrief? <laughs> I hate Moncrief. Yeah, I agree. All right, so Bryant. I mean, I don't hate Moncrief, but I'd rather Bryant. Uh, we got to fly here in these last couple emails. Hi, guys. Any faith in Todd Gurley having a bounce back 2017 with a young, modern offensive mind running things as opposed to Jeff Fisher? Thanks in advance. That's Don in Plymouth meeting Pennsylvania. How about that? Hmm. Uh, so Gurley, you on board with him? Because he's slipping in drafts. Where's he at? 210 right now. Yeah, I'm on board throw. Yeah, going at the end. Now, he's a guy, if you're drafting at the start of the draft, you can actually get him. You could start off your draft with Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley. That's not a bad way to start. Yeah, so I mean, you look at teams where you're uncomfortable with changes and how it's bad. Well, if the guy sucked last year, you're comfortable with changes. I mean, yeah. there's a good chance that he might actually do better. It, yeah, like it, you, would, you would not be comfortable drafting Todd Gurley if uh, Jeff Fisher was still the coach if the quarterback was still, you know, whoever was taught, I don't even know who was starting before golf last year, you know, some Keenum. Yeah. Case Keenum or, or yeah. whoever it was. Uh, if Kenny Britt was still the number one receiver, I mean, there's just a lot of, yeah, uh, you know, I couldn't stand Fisher and now here it is the following year. I still have to hear his name. Yeah. Sorry. So annoying. Final email. Hello, HSFFR. Now that we know Jeremy Macklin tore his groin last season and tried to play through it. Do you think him signing with the Ravens will be more like Steve Smith with the Ravens? or Andre Johnson with the Colts. That is John in New York. I feel like he's going to be closer to Steve Smith Ravens. Ain't nobody as bad as Andre Johnson was with the Colts. All right, what was the question? Well, Macklin, being this, you know, 10th year in the NFL, late late career move to a new team. Is he going to be more like Steve Smith was with Baltimore or Andre Johnson was with Indianapolis? I agree, and I I think that... um, He won't be as good, though. No, he won't be as good, but he's much closer to that, and I think that Macklin's going to be a guy that we're going to see. He's going to be that rare veteran that I think actually rises up boards before he starts falling again. Sure. I'm on board. All right, you are on board, and I'm on board with ending the show on that note, ladies and gentlemen. I want to uh, thank tonight's guest, Dan Thomas. Uh, Treat to uh, have one of the Joes on before the the, uh, Pros versus Joes drafts start up in uh, a few weeks here. Uh, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, all of you. I want to remind you to make your Planet Hollywood reservations now. Sign up for the main event. Uh, Make sure you're not getting left out. If you want to draft live, make sure you book that trip. Draft with us live. It's going to be great. Uh, Dave is going to be out there. And I know that's not a great selling point, but trust me, he's a lot of fun in Vegas, much more fun than he is on this show. Uh, Sign up for the main event. Draft now with uh, all those satellites and uh, dynasty startups we have. Uh, As I mentioned early on in the show, no Dave next week, but lucky us, 
Kentucky Fantasy Football State Commissioner Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott will co-host with me. He is the co-host of the uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football Podcast as well. He will co-host with me next week. That will be a great show. Scott Engel and the Fantasy Hall of Fame Hour is up next. If you are listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we certainly appreciate you hanging out with us tonight, and your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound that engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use a, use a, use a bitch, you almost probably switches out your DNA. Yeah, I just realized you're going to be um, an audience member next week. You won't be on the show. Do you have any questions for Farrell that you'd like to uh lob his way any softballs you want to toss him doesn't have to be about fantasy football either um uh, yeah not yet but i'll find something yeah try to find something in the music industry i think this is an unexplored thing that we need yeah, to how, discuss come he how come he doesn't have any rap acts ah great question well, yeah, we'll so yeah we'll we'll uh talk about why Farrell apparently does not rap, represent enough hip-hop artists all that and more next week on the hsff power